Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Bobby Moore has a Jeff Hurst. The trailer looking at Billy Bones. A pound of gig and a West Ham United. We celebrate our victories. We stick together in defeat. I'm proud of our history. West Ham Good evening, welcome to more than just a podcast. Podcast. I'm John here, standing in for George once again. Podcast. He's still in the Outer Hebrides. Well, you don't stand. I think you are a legitimate member of the podcast. Actually. Well, I, I'm I'm playing the anchor role. Uh, true. As true. opposed to George does this role, I just normally just uh, chip in with a load of nonsense. Um, season six, episode eighteen. Doesn't time fly? Doesn't it just when you're having fun? Mm. As I said, I'm John. I'm here with Sean in the studio. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, John. How are you? I am. I'm good. I'm good. How's the old uh, chest going? A few Bit coughs. A few still. coughs. A few coughs. Still not playing squash. Still not getting there. Or well, you are getting there, but not quite there. No. Uh, correct. Well, we had a... Well, we've got a couple of games to discuss, Sean, haven't we? So let's We've got... Yeah, I didn't even... Do you know what? How embarrassing. But I didn't even put on the running order, Man City. That's how I wanted... How much I wanted to wipe it away from my mind. Just forget about it. We well, lost. You can <coughs> talk about that because uh, I, uh, I donated my ticket to a friend who's a West Ham fan. You couldn't be asked to go. George's you couldn't be asked to go. Well, I, I think everyone knows, documented by now, that I, do, I choose not to go evening games where mm-hmm. I have to wait behind to be let out. So, uh, If you didn't, in, in case you missed it, um, West, Ham, what happened, what happened? Um, West Ham nil, uh, Man City four, which was an improvement on last time when we lost five nil. In fact... Our aggregate, if you want to add all the three games up, is we lost over the whole season against Man City 13 goals to one. Yeah, well at least we got the one. And the bonus point is who got that one, John? Um, I can't even remember. Antonio? No. Hmm. <coughs> Intrigued now because he's the only one who's been scoring for us. He's the p- whoever Mark scored. Mark Noble? <coughs> Where was it? Where did it was we the get the one? Had. I can't even remember. I'll give you a what clue. 
He's one of the best strikers in the whole of the Premier League at the moment. He's got a better uh, record than Bromovich. Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll. Ding, 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 ding. There ding, you ding, go. Ding. I didn't think he was fit. Andy Carroll. Game. He must have been. He must have just sneaked in and scored a goal. He's one but of the was best one of strikers in the Premier League. At the moment. At the moment. M- minutes per goal. And, of course, he scored his sixth goal. But more of that later, because he didn't score any goals. So what happened, Sean? Why? Because um, I see lots of arguments and things going yeah. on on Twitter. Lots of people saying, how dare we be upset that yeah. we lost to a team that spent 500 million of Saudi money and all this, and what can we expect? Well, but if that's the case, if that's all we can expect, we should all pack up and go home, <laughs> to be honest. So, I mean, expect we gave him too much respect. <coughs> we looked scared. And um, we gave them respect. No doubt they are a better team. No doubt they are some of their players are world class. Well, quite a few teams, but we just gave them respect. So better. much respect. So many more teams have spent more money than us. You can't go in with that attitude. Can and you? I think you concede so early, and um, the crowd get on your back, and before you know it, um, you know. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, and and there was no way back. And um, you know, I I was saying to um, uh, <coughs> a senior person in the club that a lot of people have an inbuilt programmed scoreline, and for many that's four nil. And when we reach four nil on sixty-seven minutes, when Torre put the penalty in, um, there was a fire drill along with me and George. Who left the stadium? And some people might slag us off for that and say, yeah. "Stay loyal people to your team." People are getting grief. People saying, "I don't care. Oh. I pay for my ticket, and if I want to walk when we're four 0 down, and because I, I don't want us to be humiliated, then I dis- I um, reserve my right to to walk when I decide." Can I ask how often did you walk out of the bowling, uh, even at four 0 We did occasionally, but not very often. Oh. We stayed to the bitter end, but we did walk occasionally, John. Very rarely. We knew a few people, our friend Andy, who had a 3 nil rule before half-time, do you remember? Yeah, I know, some people that had that. but um, We didn't stick that because we were 3 nil down at I would say, I would say that a lot of people who look from the outside who say, God, look how quickly it's emptying people, I think they need to take into account how bloody awful it is to get out of the place. Yeah. So, Well, there was a few issues which I'm going to tell you about. I mean, there was some some things that you know about because you sent them to me. First of all, there was a steward uh, with a Chelsea coat on. There was also a Man City fan with a named replica shirt standing in the East Stand. Um, now, both of those, the club investigated. Um, the steward um, says she only bought the coat because it was the cheapest from... Um, Sports Direct. She's not a football fan. She's not a Chelsea fan. Um, but we're told she's not going to come back to the stadium anyway. Um, we've got to take her word for that. Um, the club also says no one complained about the Man City fan. There was no complaints received until they became aware of it. And I told them about it on on social media. But people are asking, what kind... Can you ever imagine that happening at the bowling ground in the Trevor Brook in Lower we were at? What would happen... If someone had sneaked in with a Man, Un- a Man City fan uh, 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 named Top and was standing there with that top on, what would have happened, John? Well, we've seen what's happened in the past. I've what would happen, in your opinion? Well, they 
get jumped on. Yeah. In the old days, there'd be coins. Let's be honest. I'm not condoning it, but they would be coined. We saw it. I don't mean the big coin. I just think we've seen it. I've seen it in various parts of the stadium. Where it just wouldn't happen. Goals you wouldn't have gone in. A, they would just jump. A, a steward would stop it. They would see it straight away and get them out. Um, so the clubs say, look, if it's reported, um, Premiership club, sorry, Premier League clubs and Championship club shirts are not allowed in to the London Stadium. That's all beggars. Well, foreign shirts, Barcelona shirts, and League One, League Two are allowed in. Then, doesn't it, John? Well, I guess so. But, but that, you, you do see people walking around in like Lazio shirts. Yeah. So but they also say, obviously, uh, stewards aren't allowed to wear club rival club um, clothing, and they've been told that now, as if they need to be told. They've also there was one report of a steward with a, a Arsenal tattoo, and again the clubs say. You're not allowed to wear, you're not, tattoos must be hidden and, and no steward will be employed with a tattoo on their face. On That's their a relief. Was that on their face, was it? It wasn't on their face, it was on their arm, <laughs> an Arsenal tattoo, but here you go. So, but the, the, the big thing that we saw leaving at <coughs> 67 minutes was, <coughs> we made a run, sorry, oh coughing. We made a run for the segregation gates because they were still open. I think the, the London Stadium got a little bit caught out because they suddenly left the gates open. They weren't expecting us all to leave at 67 minutes. Again, if they know football fans, 4-0, they walk away. So they Not all football fans. Right, not all football fans, but thousands but did. We've been told in the past, or I've been told, because I've actually asked the question, when do these gates shut? And they told us they shut them at half time. Well, they were still open at 70 minutes when we went out. And um, we all rushed, hundreds of us rushed, to get through the gates before they were closed. They literally, me and George were like the last 10 people through. And as we came through, we saw, heard a, a, a child absolutely hysterical screaming. And George looked around to me and said, what's gone on? He's been crushed. At first, we thought his head had been crushed in the door. He was screaming that much. And I went back um, to find out what's going on because I'm nosy. George stayed where he was. And it turned out he'd been separated from his dad. That they slammed the shut. While hundreds of people were coming through, they slammed it shut because they lost control of the situation. The club say they're going to look into it. But again, lack of leadership, lack of forward planning. Why were the gates open in the first place? Why do they shut them as people trying to get through? It, is, it was a bit of a disappointment. They, they, they used to shut them at half-time, didn't they? Well, that's what we were told, because I've asked when they get shut. Yeah, it? yeah. So I'm waiting to hear on, on that one. But... Um, the good news is because we got through those gates, we went down to Pudding Mill Lane. We were on the um, train uh, and back to Canary Wharf before full time. There you go. Good news. But uh, I don't I don't really want to talk about anything. There wasn't, um, I mean. Well, I watched it on the television. It was uninspiring. They were lackadaisical. No one had any passion. No one had any fight. You, you compare that. Even that, you compare that display to our display against another team who are multi-millionaires funded, who are top of the league, our game against them in the EFL Cup. The passion, the power and the effort that was put into that game and we managed to give them a game yeah. and we actually beat them, didn't we? So it, it just shows you it's all about mentality and effort mm. as much as it is to do with I did My prediction did come spent. through. I said Snodgrass will come on around the 60-minute mark and he did. Right. Mystic Megmi, 
Um, there you go. So, but, but yeah, not. I did. I didn't think they they'd read the script that they were going to lose, and they fulfilled their script, didn't they? Well, let's uh, let's, let's move on. Forget about that, shall we? We had a weekend. game. Yep. Against the Saints. What was the score, John? It was one to the Saints and three to West Ham. Did they go marching on without their captain Font? They didn't. And not Fonte, as I was calling him last week. When the Saints go 3-1 down. Oh, when the Saints go 3-1 down. Oh, when the Saints go 3-1 Saints down. had 55% of possession. West Ham had 45% of what possession. What did they do with it, John? They made Saints had 27 shots. No, 21 shots. 21 shots, seven on target. The Hammers had six shots, four on target. It seems a bit wrong. That comes from the BBC, by the way, and I did question that and think, is that right? Did they really have 21 shots? And did we really um, only did have we six? And did we really only have six and four on target, of which we scored three of them? Incredible, if, if true. But who am I to question the BBC, who are, are completely non-biased? Well, I made a complaint against the BBC, by the way, which oh has really? been upheld. Yeah. Oh, why is that? The uh, documentary by Inside Out that was um, broadcast about the overrunning costs on the London Stadium had some footage that I own the copyright to. It was, if you've seen it, it was only a ten-minute clip. But it, there was a picture of some retractable seating and scaffolding and cable ties and breeze blocks as all good retractable seating and built out of, as we know. So that picture of the breeze blocks and the scaffolding was my footage, which I put on YouTube. And the BBC did not ask my permission to put it on their programme. So I made an official complaint and the producer has contacted me and asked me what I want in compensation. So what do you want? I'm either deciding between a mini-series, um, money, or a personal apology after news at 10, or some free tickets to Glastonbury. They're, they're the four options we have discussed on, on Wednesday when I was with George. Oh. Wh which one do you think I should go for? Uh, well, yeah, I know how, how well you are and how good you do in the outside living. I'd go for the Glastonbury. Oh, you don't yeah, want me to go for, for my own mini series. Mini series of what? It's all about me by <laughs> yeah, Sean Whetstone. Yeah, yeah. You could do. I think that already exists, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the game because it's not a, a BBC um, podcast, as George would say. So, um, yeah, do you know what? I was watching it. I've got a confession to make. I was in Vista Village, shopping village. At three o'clock kickoff, and I sent you a picture. I know George was there, and we're going to talk to him in a minute um, as an interview. Um, but um, I was in Vista Village with a girlfriend and watching it on a mobile in like the Prada shop. Um, so I, I, it was only as good as my, my iPhone 6 Plus phone that I was trying to watch it on. Um, but as soon as that first goal went in, um, and we were all debating whether it was on or offside. I thought, oh God, here we go again. We're gonna get, we're gonna get punished away from home. Did did you think that? Um, I did kind of think oh, it's typical. I did think it was offside the first goal. Um, but yeah, I did kind of think that. But then you know, having watched that thing on Wednesday night, I don't think that's, it's hard not to feel that way. 
but uh, it was an offside. It was a good finish, and we done What's very his name? well. Gabardini. Gabby, Gabby Adin, Gabardini. Gabardini. And um, yeah, we done very well to come back as quickly as we did. It was a two minutes. Andy Carroll, great free ball from Pedro Obiang. Yeah, who's quickly becoming. He, he's um he was in the who who scored um teams the week this week. Yeah, he's he's quickly becoming integral to he our, our is team. He's a big contender in the second half of the season for Hammer of the Year, along with Mikel Antonio. Yeah, him and Mikel. Though I think Winston Reid's picking up as well this second half of the season as well. He's well, don't forget Andy Carroll as well. Oh 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 oh. Andy Carroll. But it was a good finish, good ball through. Uh, he was pointing to play the ball outside when he then turned inside. Yeah. Good finish. And uh, we're, we're going to talk to George in a minute. We did a pre-recorded, which we'll we speak to him. But the second goal. Yeah, it was a another. Um, Obiang. Yeah. Who, who did the assist for that? Well, it came, it was uh, come from a corner, then it got oh. headed out. Yeah, 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 you're right. But that just like missed everybody, didn't it? Yeah, it was good. Did he pick the space or just did he get lucky? I think he lumped it. Yeah. And yeah, Ooh, I think he hit it that as... was his debut goal, though. It was. It? I don't think he hit it as clean as he could have done. And I think that helped. That helped to get through. So, and then the... Uh, and the third goal... Deflected um, free kick from Mr. Noble. Although, as we, as uh, you'll hear in a minute, we talked to um, George, um, it, we think that it will go to the dubious goals committee and probably will be... Um, be upheld, so Counters Noble. So let's, uh, why don't you, so we don't go into great detail, why don't no. you cut to? Yeah, we do. I'm just going to ask you one thing while I remember it or I forget, and that is just on um, Andy Carroll scored six goals now in uh, four in four, by the way, and uh, I forget, it's like six in 12, yeah? So he's, he's one, one goal every two. As you know, uh, Mikel Antonio scored eight. I made a prediction that the two of them, if they carry on in the form they are, could end up with 30 goals between them. And I, I was told I was crazy and I've been smoking some wacky-backy. Um, that was based on that Mikel Antonio can score another eight and end up with 16. And um, that... Uh, I, I think you're crazy <laughs> smoking some wacky-backy. <laughs> and that Andy Carroll could score... I think another eight to make it thirteen. No, another seven to make it thirteen. Um, I don't. Andy Carroll. If I'll he can I'll stay be, with I'll fit, be and absolutely amazed if Carroll plays the rest of the season and stays fit, and Mikel Antonio gets moved around the pitch so often that he, you know, the likelihood of him having a run up front. Snodgrass scored seven in the first half for for Hull as well. I can't forget that. Snodgrass, to be fair. He worked his socks off the lad. And he he, he does look good, doesn't he? Anyway, but you're right. Um, let's let's talk to uh, Mr. George Bucci. Uh, we spoke to him just before we went on air, and this is what he had to say. And we welcome back to more than just a podcast. It's George Bucci from the Outer Hebrides. Can you hear us? <laughs> yes, I can hear you. Hello, Sean. And and Jonathan's here. Hello, John. Hello. Hello. So, um... It's not, that, it's not that I don't see him. <laughs> yeah, this is... It's not the technology yet. We haven't got Skype working to studio quality or Google Hangouts or FaceTime audio and all the things we've been trying to do. Um, 
but we're still working on that. But we thought we'd go old tech, and we're calling him on a mobile um, and recording it. So I guess um, over to you, George, to tell us, because you actually went to St. Mary's and experienced this wonderful way win. Can you tell us about it? I did. I was the only one that did. Um, we well, had there was 3,380. Well, no, I mean, out of us three, oh, I was the only one that could be bothered to go. Um, so, yeah, we had a good, a good day out. We went for a few beers beforehand in the uh, Weatherspoons. I think it's called the Giddy Bridge um, in the Southampton town centre. And then uh, made our way to St Mary's. Uh, we got an excellent cab journey. Dropped us right outside the way end. So thank you for that, Mr. Taxi Man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing you watched the game. I know, John, you did. Sean, did you see it? Yeah, I watched it, yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I think we were unlucky to go one nil down so early on. I thought it was a blooming good finish from like, Gabby Adini, their new, their new sign-in. I don't think yeah. there was much that could be done about that. Although I think there was there was uh, talk of offside. I haven't really seen it since. So was it offside? Yeah, no. Like your dad said at the time, Winston Reid just played him on. But a, a few other people said it was marginal. It was It was level at best. Yeah, it was tight. He, it could have been. Good. It could have been two millimeters. Yeah. Well, you've got to give the benefit of the doubt to the forward, haven't you? Yeah, you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think it was an amazing uh, finish. We all sort of stood there a bit like, all right, fair play. Had you had you been on um, the sherbets by then? Quite a lot of sherbets. On the sherbets, I've had a, yeah, I've had a couple of sherbets. Because um, it was um, a pretty rowdy train drop ride, wasn't it? Didn't didn't they nearly throw you off? Yes, yeah, so I got on the train sort of halfway down because of my location now in the Outer Hebrides. I don't get on the train in London, so I uh, got halfway down, got on halfway down from London between London and Southampton, and it was full up a West Ham fan, standing room only. And uh, the guard, as I got on, warned us that we we're about to be chucked off the train because people were smoking in the toilets. Heinous crime. It was, it was at that point I knew it was a. West Ham football. It was a West Ham away day. <laughs> did um, you have some tinnies on the train then? I didn't, no, no. I was. I saved my uh, sherbet. Like I saved my sherbet for the pub. <laughs> and did you go to Yates? Because I, I saw the videos and... No, we, we avoided Yates like the plague, to be honest. We knew what it was going to be like, having been there a couple of times. And uh, uh, I actually got off the train behind a group of about 30 younger West Ham fans who are all all who'd clearly been on the sherbet since early yeah. in the morning. Under fives were they? Yeah, yeah, that's them, yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, that I saw them heading in the direction of Yates, so yeah, we were we were aware of what would that was gonna be like and and it gets like that, it's just all well and good having a brilliant atmosphere but just you wanna get a couple of sherbets in and you can't, so uh, Someone on Twitter said best away day ever said in their Lifetime, it was the best ever away day they'd ever been to. I don't know wow. how many away games they've been to, but well, I mean, it was obviously it was a good away day. I mean, uh, the three points and the performance was, were good enough, and the atmosphere was brilliant. I wouldn't say it was the best one ever, but yeah, coming back from one nil makes it good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah can't I mean, be that day in Portsmouth, can it, boys? Yeah, no. that day of Portsmouth was the best away day ever. The, uh, the I liked I liked the way we sort of bounced back straight away and you know as soon as we did I thought you know we could go on to win it because we we looked the better team and 
having equalised straight away after them scoring, and sort of rather than the heads going down as it did do on Wednesday night. We uh, we carried on fighting and got there in the end. I have no Faro, no party though, George. Yeah, um, so the the, uh, the the flares went off when Andy Carroll scored. Do you know I how mean, dangerous that shit is? It, it burns over one thousand degrees. Wow. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> well, I wasn't I wasn't holding it, so it was okay. Yes. Um, but the I mean we had quite a lot of banter with Southampton fans, mainly around Jose Font. Uh, we were singing that song at the beginning of the match, and then as soon as they scored, they started singing it back to us. And then that was it. Obviously, after we equalised and carried on, it sort of we had the upper hand in the in the banter stakes, as they'd say. Um, My favourite comment from a um, Saints fan was he said on on an interview. He said, uh, "So what what was uh, what was your takeaway points from the day?" He said, it "Wasn't really anything." He said, "The only bonus was he said Domino's were doing fifty percent off on the LED advertising board." Yeah, they were. I spotted that. Actually. Yeah. He said, he said that was really positive. He could take away from the game. Um, so yeah, I have to admit that I missed the Obiang goal. I was in the toilet uh, having a wee, and I not having a sherbet. I was well. I was on my way to have a sherbet, but I stopped. Okay. Had a toilet break on the way, and uh, yeah, I heard the cheers, and we were all sort of standing there and couldn't work out if it was us cheering or them, and then it got louder as people came down the stairs, so we knew it was us. Is it true that you were drinking Dunbar? No, I was drinking Doombar. Doombar? Does, does that mean you're officially an old man <laughs> Dunbar? Drinking um, uh, real ale. Yes, uh, I've, I've started to enjoy a pint of uh, real ale. Wow, well, sound. Yeah. There it goes to lager. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, anything else you, you want to tell us before you go about, about the game? Uh, well, no, I just thought, you know, I think Obiang was man of the match for me. We've got a good song for him as well, which I'm not going to sing for you right now, but... Why not? Because I'm not going to sing and be recorded. Because you've been up all night watching the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, no, I don't think that may, that makes any difference, but... Uh, and I thought Snodgrass had a good game. Yeah. So we're pleased with those two performances. I thought Mark Noble picked up his game big time from Wednesday, obviously... Got, I don't know if he's been given that goal in the end, but you know. I think it's got to go to the dubious goals committee, hasn't it? Yeah. But I mean, if it was on target, if it was on target on its way in, then he should get it. But yeah. Yeah, it was a, a good away day, good result, good performance, and uh, bring on West Brom. Bring on West Brom. Uh, while we've got you on, do you want to make a prediction for West Brom? Uh, I'm gonna go for a comfortable three-nil victory. Ooh, they're flying high in the division, you know. I know, but so are we, Sean. So are we. They're only one. They're only one place above us. Do you want to say anything to any of the uh, your fans that are missing you on your on your regular spot? Uh, my fans. Yeah. Uh, only that we'll, we'll we'll sort out the technology and be back soon. Uh, oh, that's so sweet. And then before I do go, I, yeah. I know you probably talk about this later, but just to shout out the. Boline Brick Salvage group on Facebook. Yeah, so, uh, it is on the running order and we will be speaking. Sorry about for it. jumping ahead, but I've just had a message from Donna um, who asked me to just give them a shout out. So Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. There you go. Thank you. We've All got right, Georgie. Brick, apparently. Thanks for coming All right, guys. for our guest on more than the podcast.
Thanks you, for, do you want to give your let me be handle? a guest. Let me thanks for being... No, thanks. Let me be a guest on your podcast, Sean. Yeah. Is, is there any special projects you're working on at the moment? Uh, yeah, I've got a book coming out. No, <laughs> you just want to get your internet working. That would be a big project, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Talk to you All soon. Right. Cheers. Bye. See ya. Bye. That was nice then, wasn't it? To to have George back, even if it was on a uh, two tins and a piece of string, speaking to him at the house at Bridges. Yeah, if only there was the technology around these days to make that a bit better. That would be if, quite good, wouldn't it? If only. If only. If only. If only. Anyway, I suppose uh, we better hear what the gaffer had to say. How does it go? Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah, a bit of this. What a bit of that. Okay, what the gaffer has to say. Well, Slavin, congratulations. What was the key to winning here today, do you think? The key was everything. I mean, we, we played a fantastic game. We had our plan, but the guys, they executed the plan basically brilliantly. Uh, they scored a great goal. That goal from Gabbiadini was like, wow, brilliant to see, but it was on the other way, of course, on the other end of the pitch. Uh, but then we didn't give up. We continued to play like we played. They, they, they let us play it a little bit, so, and that's why we were good. We didn't lose confidence. We grew with the game. Uh, very quick equalized helped us of course and then uh, basically uh, it was great team performance we were solid defending with numbers and all that closing them down when we could press them we pressed them and with the ball we were uh, with pace up front with presence up front with bodies up front but also with great switching sides and combinations from the from the back and as I said uh, Really, it's not only three points, but it's really great performance. It was a great performance, and I'm so proud of the boys. Important to score at important times as well, I guess, just before half-time and then not, for, not long afterwards. Uh, it helps, of course. I mean, there's no better thing to, than, than, than to score a goal. And uh, we scored the second one. Then in the beginning of the second half, what we expected, they pressed, they pushed, they put Redmond on and everything. But then we scored the third goal, and then after that, uh, we defended really well. They had one of two situations from the crosses that is always dangerous, but also we were good breaking up and keeping the ball and also penetrating. And as I said, it was just fantastic performance, team performance. Were you aware that you'd never won at the stadium before as a club? Uh, never. I know, I, didn't, I know that we didn't win for eight years or whatever. Well, at this stadium? Yeah. yeah, never at the stadium. It, it makes it a little bit better, you know, but uh, uh, as I said, a uh, very difficult uh, away trip. They played some really good stuff, home especially, away also, and uh, as I said, this is one of those, uh, because they were one point below us, this is one of those uh, for us and for them, how you call them, six-pointers. Mm. And uh, it's, it's extremely important for this stage of the season because, again, all those crazy results, they started to happen. And uh, again, 42 points to go. And uh, we have to approach every game like it is our last game. And with a little bit of luck, if we continue to play like this, or even better, or with a little bit of less unluckiness, we're going to be OK. You've been with, with Jose Font all day. What's the experience like for him to come back here and to play as he did as well? 
I know his experience and the cool and everything, but no matter how experienced and cool you are to come back uh, like a couple of weeks after he signed a contract to his to his club basically where he spent so so much time, so many years and he was a captain of the club, it makes it a little bit special, not a little bit, a big time special. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That's why it is. Uh, I'm extremely happy for him because I know, I know, I can imagine how he feels now. You know, uh, three points and a really good performance for him. And did you show how adaptable, I guess, you are and how, how you can change things today? You started with four four two and you you finished up with three at the back. Does that show that they're starting to adapt and starting to employ what you want? Look, we we are changing those couple of formations. We have some players who are very versatile. I would like to congratulate Sheku because we had a problem at the right back. We don't have Sam Byram, he's injured, and we have Howard Nordwhite who can, who is not his natural position, but he can step in. Also not available. We didn't want to move Antonio because he's so good up front with Andy. And then uh, Sheku is kind of a player because of his quality and uh, physique and pace. He, he can play any position, so he stepped in uh, and done brilliantly. Unfortunately, we had to change him because he felt a little bit of uh, of a muscle, and uh, but then we switched to to three or to five or whatever, and uh, it worked really well for us. What do you think about that, John? Yes, very true. It's nice to hear him on a positive note, isn't it? You're just guessing. He said something positive because well, we won three-one. He would have done. Anyway, anyhow, time to move on with the running order. Um, Russell Russell. He's, no, he's not on there. Saving the Saving bowling the bricks. bricks. Um, George just spoke about this, but um, the club said, I quote, back in November, that the bowling bricks would lose their structural integrity and couldn't be saved, and it was not safe for people to go and. Did they say it would lose their structural integrity? Yes, it did. What yeah. a nonsense. Um, and th they claim, you know, quite fairly, that's what they were told. However, the people demolishing, one of them's a West Ham fan, have found out different. And, and we're told tonight, at first we were told they've saved 200 bricks. We've got an update tonight um, that they've saved... Over a thousand. Over a thousand. And one of them is... Da, 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 the Bucci Boys, your brick with George. Yep, it looks that and, way. And it's available to pick up. So if you are <laughs> someone who had a brick on the, well, ours was on the uh, Bobby Moore, not on the Bobby, the Trevor Brook in Lower on our stand, but a lot of them are around that gated area. If you had bricks. You want to go to Facebook. We, we put a link on our Facebook um, group, which is facebook.com. Also more than just a podcast, but it's it's been done by John Joe yeah. um, and his mum Donna, um, and they asked for a small. Um, the bricks are being sorted by John Joe's helpers, and they're asking for a small donation to the the Bobby Moore Fund, which is nice. Yeah, 
So basically, to do Sean, you go on Facebook. Yeah. And look up Bowling Bricks, is it? I think it's Bowling Bricks. We put a link on our um, Facebook page, though. Yeah. So Bowling Brick Salvage. Bowling Brick Salvage is what you've got to search for in uh, on uh, Facebook. Get on it. Get on it. If you've got a brick, get on it. A good chance they've got on it. it. Um, excellent job. A thousand bricks a second. Um, as you've just said, the only problem is on Saturday at West Brom, if you pick it up early from the supporters club, will they let you <laughs> into the London <laughs> Stadium with a brick? They're not going to let you know, Sorry, mate. Basic. You're not allowed to bring a t- bottle topping. Oh, brick. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, come in with your bricks. Yeah, no, no. Bricks are fine. No, they could be used as missiles. It's a sentimental brick. Oh, that's what they all say, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, I suggest don't try and bring your bricks in to the uh, the bowling. Uh, sorry, to the London Stadium. Um, pick them up afterwards. So, moving on. Moving on. The Champions League. Uh, sorry, the Champions Statue on the corner of Barking Road and Green Street. Mean anything to you, John? Well, I know where it is and what it is. I've been there, I've seen have it. You, have you it. missed it? Have I missed it? Yeah. Uh, yeah oh, well, no, I haven't missed any of it. I've enjoyed every minute of this season. No, but what I mean is, have you missed the statue? Disneyland. Have you gone, oh, I haven't seen the statue? Oh, yeah, I miss it all. I've got a little bit of news for you. You didn't come with us. Oh, yeah, right. I'm There's an em- empty plif, uh, plif, <laughs> plinth um, uh, on Champions Place where our non-existing uh, um, stones are. Are they yeah. not there? No. The stone I bought for you, for you and your um, son, George, yeah. is still not there. My stone's still not there with me and my children. The stone you got for Boochie Boys, I don't think, is there. So well, where are they all? When do you get them? I don't know. 2018 at this rate. Oh, that's good. You will remind me. Anyway, um, so the Daily Mail put, picked this up on the weekend and said, uh, there's opposition, and, and I spoke to a, a Newham councillor, and the locals, uh, 424 have raised a petition saying they don't want it to move, they want it to stay there. 800 signed an offline petition, signing the names, that went to West Ham fan and mayor of Newham, to Robin Wales. Um, no decision has been made yet to move it. So, But the club said for the Daily Mail, which is what got me interested over the weekend, that 87% of West Ham fans want it to move to Stratford and the London Stadium. And I went, hmm, really? So what did you do, Sean? Well, what do you think I did, John? Oh, yes, go on. I ran a Clarence you poll. Did you? That's unlike you lot. <laughs> I know. Did you get Sunday. asked to do it by a certain someone or no, 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 to do I it by your paymasters? This one I did all of my own. No one asked me to run a poll. I decided to run a poll. Oh. Huey's away. He's he's on holiday. Um, and I was all on my lonesome, so I decided to do a poll. And I asked the he question would have been proud, that everybody <laughs> was asking, right? The question is, do you want the statue to come with us? to the London Stadium, or do you want it to stay where it is as a permanent reminder of West Ham in the local area? And do you, our survey says, uh-uh. You survey need to pick up your, your pace, Sean. <laughs> You've too many pregnant pauses. Sort of, well, I'm really not that interested right. in this bit. The this survey says point. 70% of people don't want it moved. So I've told the Newham, Aberti- uh, Newham advertiser, Newham recorder, we're going to run a little piece on it. But I think there's a very good chance it doesn't need to move 
fans don't care about it. You don't care about it. Why not let it stay where it is? It's I don't mind if it stays there, but they should they they could replicate it and bring it that well, way. Well, it costs seven hundred and fifty grand just to make the last time. I don't think well. we don't need it, do we? We don't need a a, a bust of the World Cup. Well, I think it, no, not, I think it'd be quite a nice thing to do. Oh, now you're interested. Well, anyway, don't necessarily have to be that one, does it? I don't see there's anything wrong with leaving a permanent reminder in the area of what was there. But it wouldn't be a bad thing to replicate or even commission yeah. a new version of it. Yeah, money though. Money, well, money, there money. There you go. That, it won't Talking of money, great to link them. to the next one. I spent uh, Sunday looking at the accounts for um, E20 Stadium, who owns the stadium, um, Newham Legacy Investments on the company's house, and today looking at the budget report for the London, London Legacy Development Corporation. And it's interesting reading because they are losing money hand over fist. And do you know how much um, E20, the owners of the stadium, on their official company's accounts, have valued the stadium at in its current condition? About 22.5 million. I That's say. amazing. You read that off the running order. 22.5 million is its fair market value. Is that because they keep losing so much money? Yep. Why are they losing so much money? Because the because overheads. Because they can't. Yeah, the overheads. But here's another thing. So, <laughs> so Newham, so so London Legacy Corporation uh, owns 65% of the stadium, and 35% is owned by Newham. Newham, in their accounts, which were launched in January, say it's at nil value. They actually put it. They put an impairment down. An impairment is a li is a financial way to say they they've got assets on their books that they paid for that have less value than they paid for them. They give a value, an investment value, of the London Stadium of nil. So I'll tell you, what the best thing that can happen here all round is to get this um, athletics out of the way this summer. Is it this summer, mm. the mm. athletics? Yeah, in, in August. Get the athletics out of the way. Let's get some nice new owners in with a yeah. bit of money. Let's throw a £100 million at somebody to buy the ground and let's turn it into a football ground. Well, that's, that's I think there's be. some political stuff there. Just to go on to, as I say, the, the, other, the other one I did today was London legacy of their budget. For the next four years, they believe <coughs> that instead of making... Do you remember that the big story in 2015 was the London Stadium from 2016-2017 will make 200,000 profit a year and everybody was up in arms going, only 200,000? That's outrageous. Yeah, I remember that. It's a yeah. massive story. Yeah, yeah, I was really into that. <laughs> it was in the Daily Mail. Yeah. Um, do you know the loss this year is eight point four million just for London Legacy Corporation? But there's, there's still infrastructure in there. Though, no, no, no. Infrastructure's finished. No, no, no more infrastructure. This so is just running. This costs. is just running costs. Eight point four million pound loss just from London Legacy Corporation. Ne the year after that, two thousand and eighteen, right? 5.4 million loss. Year after that, 5 million pound loss. Year after that, 4.8. This takes us up to 2021. They still believe it will be losing operational money until to, at least till, because they've only done four years in advance, to 2021. Same with uh, Newham. 36 million pound they think they're going to lose between now and the next four years just in operating costs oh, alone terrible, because they're getting less income than they wanted because they didn't sell the naming rights which i'm going to talk about in a minute and of course their their costs have increased because they didn't factor enough for policing 
for stewarding and all the other overheads. I mean, it, it's shocking. It's shocking. It's not West Ham's fault. It is. Sh it has been. It's been run shockingly, and it continues to run shockingly. And 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 you know they factored in naming rights. Now I'm I'm told moving on to naming rights, they're closer to a naming rights. Maybe even Red Bull. That's one of the people I've heard. Maybe Uber. But here's here's the thing. Um, we are looking somewhere between four and six million a year for the naming rights on a twenty-year deal, and at four million pound, nothing comes to West Ham. At six million pound, we get one million pound a year, right? So it'd probably go for more four million pound a year. How much do you think Daniel Levy is looking for, for um, for the new White Hart Lane stadium? I've got no idea or, or any interest. Twenty million pound a year. He's trying to sell his naming rights for four hundred million pound, which will pay for most of their stadium. Well, I'll tell place. you the good thing about that for them is that they're actually a proper football club that's run properly. Yeah, right. we've never been run properly. We are a proper football club, don't get me wrong. That's a terrible thing to say. Yeah. But they've always, well, they've been run properly for a long, lot longer than we have. And since that Joe Lewis and Daniel Levy have been in charge, they've certainly injected plenty mm. of money in them. But there properly. is good news, John, because the owners of the stadium, with, along with the operators, are going to invest £1 million in free Wi-Fi that will be available at the beginning of the season. Absolutely pointless. One million pound of free Wi-Fi. Does that cheer you up? No, it's pointless. Yeah. Makes and the last one that I found out with a, a, my latest freedom information is if we we have to pay, we're invoiced if we train at the London Stadium and it isn't 24 hours before or after a game. We're charged. Are we? Yeah. How much? I don't know. I, they wouldn't release that. Do you know mm. why, John? Probably because it's... It's not uh, a stadium. It's <coughs> oh, yeah, we get charged, and they won't tell us the figures because it's probably... It's commercially commer sensitive. Yeah, there you go. So there you go. That's that's the your London Stadium update. Um, I suppose... Um, Can I throw something Go on, you throw something in the mix. How's... Um, I've seen some stuff everywhere about Huisa. Huisa. Which I've signed up for. I paid so my, paid I my I five so pounds. So I, I'm a member. paid three pounds. Yep. It is growing mom I paid momentum, five isn't it? Yeah, I paid five pounds. It's it's gathering momentum. It's getting more and more members. members, and I think everyone should. If yep. you want to have a voice or be involved, you should sign up. Yeah, it's criminal that West Ham have never had an independent supporters association up until now. It's been formed since two thousand and thirteen. It's just been dormant for a while. It's just uh, it's starting to, to say take hold, and I could call. I am calling on you, Sean. Me. Yeah. yeah, as someone who helped instigate your media stroke bloggers meeting, I didn't and instigate it, and the the new SAB meeting that was I had probably done. more to do with the SAB than I did with uh, the bloggers, but I did attend the bloggers. Meeting. I would call for your bloggers, which you can influence this. The bloggers <laughs> and independent. I don't think I can influence people like Nicky Hawkins one little bit. If I well, all KUMB. I would say not influence. I would say it's put to them. That they everyone each one of these people that were at that meeting sign up for WISA and th that WISA join your blog and whatever meeting as a representative of the five six hundred fans right. that are signed up as members. The SAB, I don't think, is I think it's, it's pointless having two things, two meetings, two whatever. There should be one group, one voice, and it should all be conduited through WISA. You lot can carry on being there with your 
you know, you obviously have followers, you have people that send you information and stuff, which is good as well. Mm -hmm. But I do think there's a place for WISA to be there I agree. with you. And there should just be one meeting and it should be a regular meeting, like once a month. And it should be I like I a I don't disagree there should be one meeting and I think we've got to find our feet. The blogger meeting just started as a one-off and I think it's going to continue. Yeah, but I, I, I think the blogger meeting has got had more credence and had more people give it more attention than the SAG I as such. I won't disagree. And we, sir, I think, deserve to be taken far more seriously now because it is gaining more popularity and I think it would be a good thing for everyone to do with your blogger meeting, for everyone there to be a member of WESA, but also continue doing what you do because you all give up your time, you do what mm -hmm. you do. A lot of people do make a lot of effort and they don't get a lot of rewards. But do what you're doing, but also be affiliated to WESA and have a representative from WESA at that meeting okay. as well. I'm just going to say my 10 pennants worth. Yep. Um, Karen and you have over 54,000 registered users. We're also separately associated with the Football Supporters Federation. So in our own right, we represent our members. We're not democratically elected. Uh, KUMB, same thing. They've got, I think, at least 22,000 Yeah, uh, so I said, you've users. all got your followers. And, and, and you know, like subscribers on West Ham TV and Hammers Chat, etc. Now, here we go to Wissa. And, and I think I, I've just said to them, don't run before you could jump, right? They have got 600 members, yes, but it's an interim committee that has not yet been elected by its members. It's an interim committee, Okay. So therefore, their first aim is to get to, I believe, 2,000 members. And when they get to 2,000 members, they're going to hold elections to elect a democratically elected committee. It's not democratically elected at the moment in the same way that um, Clarence Hugh is not. You know, we're not automatically. Yeah, so I until they that. are, and my just concern, and I've said this, by the way, to the chairman and other committee members, my only concern is they don't burn their bridges in their statements or their attitude to the club too soon before a democratically elected committee is elected. Once they've got their membership to 2,000 and they've got a democratically elected committee and they go to their members and ask them what they think, I agree with you half-heartedly. But, but at the moment, moment, it's too early to start making demands that WISA must do this and it must go to the bloggers meeting, it must do that and must do that. I believe... They need to concentrate on getting their membership up, right? That's got nothing to do with going to these meetings, by the way. And then they get Democrat and they have Democratic right, I elections. counter you that you have 50,000 people sign up for it. I would be surprised how many people contact you with questions and information about I Match get, Day's experience. I get them all the time, John. All uh, the time. Uh, did, so did you go forearm to this meeting with hundreds of people's questions about the Match Day experience? Do you, do you know what? Before the meeting? No, I didn't. Because before the meeting, I already talked to the club. <coughs> Behind the scenes, I pass on match day experiences all the time. People that have gone to Wissa, I was already talking to the board. The board have taken up multiple cases that have been raised through Clarence and Hugh. And I'm sure the same is at KUMB and all these things. Just because we don't talk about them publicly, of course we had uh, acts of yeah, acts no, but as a conduit uh, already. Yeah. And we didn't have to walk into the meeting. Yes, we gave examples in the meeting. Did we walk in with a large folder? No. But, but did do you not have think we all got involved in particular issues where people have come to us instead of the club? You know what the clubs say? They say it to Whit and they say it to us. We don't want a conduit. We want people to come direct to us 
and that we deal with it. And if we don't deal with it, beat us up about it by escalating to you guys and saying, we sent this directly do you, in. Do you, not, do you not think it would be it's better all round to have a proper independent supporters association with the backing of all of you guys as well at the same time? Yes. That but would it needs it, that would make it stronger. That yeah. would make it more... The whole thing needs to be one thing. Yeah, but I, I, I refer you to the, um, your, the Honourable Gentleman to the question I answered some time ago, i.e., Get them yeah. to get to a certain level of two thousand, which will let be helped. Have which will be helped with your you guys backing. I pack them. Yeah, you have a say. I I'm, not, their, I'm not saying you're not. I put I'm their statements on West Ham till I okay. die, and on uh, Clarence Hugh when they ask me every single time. I'm not saying you're not backing them. I'm saying it'd be better all round, and even uh, even at this stage, because some of the things that are being discussed and sorted out are still quite important at this early stage, and if then just just through the fact that we've never had a proper association means that they're not in their full strength or capacity yet. It would still be beneficial for them to have a representative at that meeting. Yeah, yeah, I, and I don't if disagree. And with your, you guys, I'm not saying you guys are doing anything wrong. I'm saying that you guys, it would be beneficial all round if you, everything was tied into one meeting. Yeah. A bit of music, you can't be a bit of music. <laughs> you can't be a bit of music. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying, I, I'm not I saying, don't disagree. I'm not saying you're doing but, things but, but wrong, but or I any of you guys are doing yeah. things wrong, but it would be beneficial to have a strong supporters association I backed agree. by everyone. But I want a democratically elected committee, yep. and I want it to go forward anyway. Yep. So let's let's help that be facilitated. Well, you? let's see that, yeah. I'm 100% behind them. Anyway, um, talking about it, we represent our listeners as well. Let's not forget that. So do you know what time it is? Time to make our predictions today. Facebook, Twitter, question time. So it's that time of the podcast where we ask you, the listener, for your comments. And we have just a few tonight on Facebook, which is... Uh, one from Craig Wardman. What's your opinion of Mark Noble? Seems a scapegoat for bad performances all the time. Is it justified and how important is he to the dressing room? Cheers, chaps. Well, he does get a bit of grief sometimes, does Mark. But he's a new boy. We were talking, uh, in fact, I was talking, who was I talking to earlier? Was it you? Uh, oh, no. I was talking to Leon about this, about captaincy. How do you strip? I mean, Font apparently is, is a natural ball leader. He walked in there with their authority. How do you strip Mark Noble from the captaincy? Not many managers would do that, would they? Um, unless he's dropped. And with Keati coming back and if Byram comes back, um, you could see Mark Noble being dropped. He does look a bit pedestrian. But then again, he did score a, a free kick um, with a little help at the weekend. When he's on his game, he's inspirational. He works and he he's in people's faces and he leads. When he's not on his game, he, he's noticeably basically a passenger, really. Yep. He, he gives the ball away, he makes mistakes. He's had a few bad games. I don't, I don't think he's to be scapegoated, but but if it's, if it's a factor and it's there for everyone to see that his performances aren't up to scratch, then he should be dropped as and when. The sort of manager sees fit, in my opinion. Yep. Okay. He shouldn't be undroppable. Yep. 
Anyway, you've got Gary Prince. Last season, a lot of fans say we overachieved when finishing seventh and British is the best ever. This season, a lot of fans are saying it's been terrible and British should go, yet we are, st we are ninth. Do you think fans are too fickle? Also, when was the last time we finished top half two seasons in a row in the Premier League? Yeah. I can't remember <coughs> when we finished. I agree. Um, I think the problem is that people say next level, next level, 20-goal striker, and, and then we get our, um, our hopes up. And I, I ran a, a, a bit in Count Hero this week saying... Was it a poll? It wasn't a poll, but it says 20-goal striker is very Should rare. Should we sack Billich? Do you no, no. Do you know how many goal strikers got over 20 goals last year and the year before that and the year before that? Oh, no, that's On average, three. Three. People like, Gar uh, you know, Harry Kane, Diego Costa, Aguero, um, uh, obviously Lukaku this year, um, but it's quite rare. Well, that's three is probably about the same amount of times that our, our chairman went on the Oh, and, and, and um, Defoe, obviously, this year is, is on target. But it's only three, on average, three strikers get 20 goals or more and in the Premier League. And it's about three times our chairman went on the telly and said we were going to get ourselves a 20-goal season yeah, striker. Well so you that's won't where get one get for 25 to 30 million. Lukaku would cost 60 million. I don't know how much Costa would cost or Harry Kane. But you ain't going to get... you Double what, what he said, you know? So that's why I think people thought, oh, we're moving to the London Stadium, the next level. We are going to be top four, top six, etc. But it's going to take some time. If you look so you're right. We should be happy with top ten. If you look at what gets dropped out in the media and things, you see start seeing these little things coming back by Zaza saying, I didn't really have to train too hard at West Ham. Yeah. You see all these little pieces being dropped in. And I don't know who, who gets them out there or where they come from. Mm. But what they do, they generally undermine they the manager. Ship away at the manager. They undermine the manager, and it's as if somebody somewhere in power has got it in their mind to get rid. You, you had a little uh, dig at me and Clarence Hugh a minute ago, and I'm just going to tell you, we ran a Clarence Hugh poll to support the manager over the weekend. After the Daily Mirror ran a poll, national poll on who would be a better manager, Billage or Mancini. So what was the bottom line right? of your, what was your poll and actually, the questions on your so poll? So hang on, we ran exactly the same poll to show support. So 55% of the national poll, because it was non-West Ham fans, said Mancini would be a better manager and 45 said Billage. We ran, and we said this, by the way, in our um, literature, we said we're running exactly the same poll using the same words as the Daily Mirror to show support for Billage. And lo and behold, 70% of West Ham fans thought Billage was a better manager than Mancini, and it gave him a great vote of confidence. And you may dress it up and say, oh, yeah, you only did that for someone, or this or that, or it was an anti-slab um, and poll. Absolutely not. It was a supporting Billage poll, and I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I wouldn't put any poll anywhere that questions should your manager be in the job or not. Sergi... Novish, hope I got that right, Sergi, Sergi. In case we'll reach, in case we'll reach safety soon, enough. Sh what shall we do next? Try to fill the strongest possible lineup and push for the top ten finish, or give chance to younger players gain first team experience and invest in the future. I can tell you they will try and get top ten finish as much as they can. Do you know get why? Some money. Two million pounds a place this year. Every place is worth two million pounds. 
So whether it be goal difference or everything else, you you can't just put the kids out. Every place matters this season. Two million smackaroonies for every single league place. There you go. Ben Ashelford, what's the situation with Sacco in terms of injury and his temperament? Well, I don't know about his temperament. I mean, he's been injured. He's had a back problem and he's had a, um, what is it, knee problem, groin problem? I can't remember. Um, he's coming back in March, end of March, to play. Um, everybody says his, his mind is good and his How's attitude his personal is good. situation? Do you know much about that? Because that was, well he had some personal issues, didn't he? he with his family he stuff. He certainly has had some personal issues, yeah. Um, I don't know any update on them, but. Um, Maybe you, know. you can have a sniff around for Ben and come back to us next week. Yeah. Sure. Okay. See how we're looking. Is he gonna? Yeah. Is he gonna come back and is he gonna be positive contributor and stay for a while? Yeah. Because of a fit Sacco, I think we'll all agree is well worth having. Absolutely. Uh, Douglas Woodhurst, is this weekend when we finally get one over Pulis and can AC keep scoring? I think AC can keep scoring if he stays fit. And I'd like to think we can beat West Brom this weekend. He's the he's Pulis. the best he's the best striker in the Premier League on stats at the moment, as you probably know. Ed Hughes is Obiang a shoe in for Hammer of the Year. How can we keep Carroll fit and in this rich vein of form? Well, I don't think he's a shoe in, is he? Because Mikel Antonio's got a big claim on on the uh, hammer of the year as well oh yeah it, it, it's he's a he's got a very good shout he's done very well he as like i said earlier he's he's become very integral um i think uh, antonio has got a big shout as well and i think reed is in with a chance as well good how do we keep carol fit who knows who knows keep him off the yeah, booze if you know how to keep carol fit um, so just as a disclaimer, um, by the way, um, more than just podcast, I'm not saying that Andy Carroll uh, drinks a lot or we need to keep off the booze. <laughs> that was a personal uh, comment from Aside. John Bucci. Allegedly. And allegedly. Was completely allegedly. <laughs> right. Prediction. Well, having just said all that, we're going to beat West Brom this weekend 2-1. Um, George said earlier 3-0, didn't he? You said 2-1. Um, they're flying high, um, but we're scoring goals. Um, I'll go for 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two, nil. two nil West Ham. Well, that's it. We're on the hour mark. Cool. What did we talk about for an hour, John? I don't know. We like to chat while well, you like to chat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <coughs> Thank you for letting me be on it's your podcast. Me, Sean. Sean. <laughs> that's all right. It's goodbye from John. Goodbye. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, Sean and George will get their heads together and sort out so that I don't have to talk as much next time. Anyway. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 